Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Flying Smitty. Carson Wood. Oh, we got a last name this time. Carson. Keeping us on our toes. Uh, coming to you late this week, a lot of things came up. However, it's actually probably better. I mean, all we had to do to talk about over the weekend was Bellator, which is great. And I mean, that's kind of run Which really course. is Paul Daly. Paul Daly's knee, man. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, Chel Sonnen, there's a couple of things I want to talk about with that fight, but uh, as well as his submission underground and Bellator barring him from competing, which is very interesting. And then we've got a couple fight announcements, uh, title fight announcements this week that are super exciting. Um, DC Anthony Johnson is back on at 209, and then Dos Santos Stipe will be on at 211. Mm-hmm. So not 209, 210 and 211. So that's that's crazy. I'd like to get into that as well as the the card for this weekend. Um, so we've got all kinds of crazy stuff to talk about. And if we would have recorded earlier, we would have been talking more about Bellator than some of the upcoming fights that we've got that have just recently been announced. Um, one thing I was going to ask you about, uh, my boy, that you don't like at all. Did you Tony see Ferguson? Yeah, did you see everybody uh, just roasting him on Reddit uh-uh. about the Good. about the deadlifting? Is that why Mike Perry has one where he's deadlifting and punched in the stomach by his girlfriend? No, I think he's just he's, he's that kind of that. Um, well, he, he so he's in a, he's in the hexagon bar mm-hmm. and he's like hunched over. I'm gonna find it. for Oh you. no, I have seen it, <laughs> and it's just the weirdest deadlifts you've ever seen, and it looks like he's gonna like dislocate his shoulders as he comes up. Somebody who said like somebody that Kane is slow clapping somewhere or something yeah. like that. The the Reddit the Reddit thread is so good. The first time I saw it, I didn't know if they were being ironic and making fun of him. If they really thought he was doing it right, and I was like, maybe I've just been doing it wrong. But that seems really awkward. So it makes me feel a lot better that they were freaking <laughs> roasting him because I was like that. That looks really, really weird. Like, and not that I know a ton about lifting, but my brother, my older brothers and has been lifting weights since he was like ninth grade. And anytime I would go with him, he'd make me stop and make sure that whatever I was doing, I was doing with the correct form. So I didn't either hurt myself or look really dumb at the gym. And so when I was watching it, I was like, I, that form looks terrible, but (laughs) I don't want to say anything. And I don't know if this person's making fun of it or if they're being serious. So I'm really glad that I'm really glad that they were making fun of him. The key is to put all your groin and lower, to put it all in your lower groin and back. Take your legs totally out of the equation. Lift with your lower back, jerking and twisting motion. Yeah. <laughs> Where, yeah, Cain Velasquez, Cain Velasquez asking his weightlifting Joe. Yeah, man, they are just roasting him. This, this makes me nervous that, uh. If you, yeah, if you haven't seen this, I don't even know how, who was filming him and put this on the internet, but it looks, it looks really awkward. It's. He, that's one of the like the first times that it's like working hard isn't as good as working effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how he, he looks like he's doing CrossFit, where he, he's doing everything he's supposed to to lift a whole bunch of weight, but doing it completely wrong. And if he continues to do it, he's going to get injured. Well, oh, yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> <laughs> the comments are so good. Um, I just yeah, I hope he doesn't like blow out his back. Let's let's get somebody being effective on that. So the reference I have, apparently, uh, Mike Perry has a girlfriend who is trying to build off of his hype. Yeah, is she? Is she fighting? Yeah, apparently. No, it's no, it's Princess Perry or Pr- Princess Platinum. It's like her Instagram, something like that. Mm-hmm, so obviously that. she's she's building off of that. And I don't know. I mean, she punches better than Ronda Rousey, so she's got that going for <laughs> her. But uh, he's deadlifting as well, so it must be a, a theme with MMA fighters and. This is on her Instagram, and so every time he does a deadlift, she punches him. She has boxing gloves on, but she basically does a, a combo and punches him in the stomach. And it's, I mean, I guess it's no different than when they're doing the uh, the sit-ups and somebody's hitting him in the, the stomach with a medicine ball or whatever it is. But When you're all tensed up, does that actually it. help to hit your muscles? <laughs> I'm not saying it hurts, but like... There must be some reason that they do it, but I have no idea. I mean, it might stiffen them up or, you know, maybe the muscle fibers break down. And when it, it does that, does it make it contract maybe? Like a little bit? I don't know. I, I don't know this. I mean, because everybody does it. I did it in football, but I don't I, understand. I just remember one time when I was a kid, my oldest brother told me he would let me punch him in the stomach as hard as, he, as, hard as I could. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then no repercussions. And he was like, nope. 
And this is when he was in pretty decent shape in high school. And I remember him flexing and me punching him as hard as I could in the stomach and it just hurting my hand and him laughing at me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, in my, you know, 11, 12 year old mind, I didn't think that, you know, if he flexed as hard as he could and he had, he had muscle there that it would just wreck my hand, which it did. Lots of, I, lots of family stories. It's only one. Well, and Ryan making sure I didn't lift things wrong and injure myself. Wait, who'd you punch then? Josh? Josh, yeah. Okay. I, th- I figured they were both they Ryan. They were both Ryan, though. I said I said eldest. Come on. Oh, I didn't even notice. You I didn't hear family. eldest. I do. I didn't hear eldest. <laughs> I'm just joking. Don't joke with me ever. Don't joke with me ever. <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about first? Let's, 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 let's get, get down in, to brass tacks. Let's get into Bellator first. This happened. Uh... Apparently, it was the third highest rated or viewership of all of the Bellator cards. It hit number three, uh, which is great in theory. The whole card was pretty terrible. I don't know how much you watched. It, a lot of decision fights, just a lot of... There's one fight with uh, the Gracie that didn't... He, they just didn't fight at all. It was just a terrible fight. Paul, Ta- Paul Daly's fight was the only saving grace in this entire thing, and... Warren, not Warren. What was his Brennan name? Ward? Brennan Ward. Thank you. Brennan Ward didn't look awful. I've seen some. Oh, of he looked his, good. Yeah, you know, like some saw some of his other fights. But the thing is, is he got caught. Supposedly, I, I I didn't rewatch this, but a lot of people were saying he started going for the takedown after after Daly caught him with with a hard punch. Um, but as soon as you start to telegraph your takedowns, like he was doing, you're gonna you have to watch for that knee. I mean, we saw it in the Yoel Romero Chris Weidman fight. We saw it in the Diego Rivas fight where the uh, Diego Rivas the Chilean was he, was he going for a takedown though? Oh yeah, I thought he was just ducking in general because because he was clearly dazed from the elbow. People were trying to say that he wasn't, but he like he doesn't look it. But he's got to be foggy from that because he immediately starts going backwards, which the little that I've seen of him, he doesn't go backwards no. like that. And I agree with that. From what I looked at it, I saw him catch the elbow, and then all of a sudden it looked like he was going to clinch. And as he was going to clinch, because he had tried to take him down previously, you know, several times. And so to me, when a, when a fighter gets rocked who's been already going for takedowns, usually they immediately try and shoot for the takedown again. Now, I don't believe he was... I don't believe he was low enough to actually get a double leg or a single leg, but it looked like his head was open because he was potentially either going for a clinch or he was going for a, a takedown. And that's what that's how he got hit with that flying knee is because his head was down as opposed to, you know, being protected up and back as, you know, proper defense would be, mm-hmm. you know, up and back like an old Irishman. See, I almost <laughs> see I, I, and that that cut too, though. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I saw that afterwards. Thanks to the uh, MMA community Twitter Twitter handle, I didn't see it from anywhere else, but they posted it. Half of this, half of the cuts, of the the pictures of the cut are blocked out on this article, and half aren't. Yeah, that's... how does that make any sense? Because you can't trust the media. <laughs> see, I don't think he's going for a takedown. That's what I. That's how I perceived it, but I could it, be wrong. It looks like he's trying to. We'll it looks like, he's, later, it looks like he's trying like, to clinch. No, at it, least to me, it looks like he's trying to throw just a jab, but like a ducking jab, like he's slipping a punch. And but how, yeah, do you, how do you catch a knee in the face if you're trying to slip a punch? He's he's, going, he's slipping it and he's going down, and maybe he's going. I don't know. I think it's because I think I think he was dazed from the elbow, and he's just. He's just reacting. It's just natural at that point. He's not thinking. Yeah. It's just like I see a a large gentleman coming at me, <laughs> and I would much like keep to getting, not get hit in my the distance. face. Like, see, and I felt like he was. I felt like he was backing up, and then he he got his bearings and was coming back at Daly. And I could be wrong because I, I watched just the replays, but I felt based on what what he had been doing prior, which was trying to take him down. He had been rocked, and he was immediately trying to clinch and or you know get hands on daily, and that's why he ended up catching that bad boy. You might be right. Um, I can't tell. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter no, what he was doing because he went out cold. But I thought he was actually had a good game plan for the most part. Paul Daly, that elbow was stay amazing. Active. Stay active, stay at distance, and if you're not at distance, go for the takedown. Mm-hmm. That's how Josh Koscheck beat you know. Down. Well, he was he was very active. Like he yep. he got hit with that elbow because he was he was trying to take him down up mm-hmm. against the fence. Um, yeah, 
It was it was beautiful takedown. Well, well, well done, sir. And perfect from Paul Daly as well because everyone thinks he's a terrible wrestler. So having an offense that can they can compete against someone that's just going to try and stifle you and take you down, so other people can't continue to do what causes you issues in the past is also great. The spinning elbow when someone tries to take you down from behind, the flying knee, you know, if someone is potentially trying to take you down uh, with a double leg or or they're telegraphing their takedowns is definitely. Definitely great technique if you don't want to go to the ground. Um, moving on from that, give me your two cents. We actually haven't talked about this, right? I mean, we texted a little bit, but we haven't talked about the Tito Ortiz Shell Sonnen fight. Bum me out. You did say that you thought it was staged. I thought it was staged. Still, do you think it's staged? Yes. I just feel like if it's staged, it doesn't go that long. No, well. Here's the deal. Like, or it goes longer. I was, I was really, and I can agree with that to a point. I was really excited when they had the first reversal, when um, Chell scored the takedown and Tito reversed them on the ground. I was like, oh, awesome. Like, you got two talented wrestlers going out of this. is going to be really cool. And then Chell, the way Chell was holding him when, when Tito was on his hands and knee, or his elbows and knees, seemed like professional wrestling to me. The way that he had his arm in underneath at first where he just kind of had his head and it looked like he might be going for a, a submission and then when he slid his arm all the way through and once again, I don't know wrestling technique. This could be a way of like securing so he can't move his head so you can take his back. Like I'm not sure exactly what he was doing, but all of the holds that he had in that position seemed more like professional wrestling grappling than it did MMA grappling. I've never seen... I've never seen one person on his elbows and knees and one person on almost backside control, but not over. Like, usually someone immediately tries to shoot for the back or starts kneeing the sides or does other things. It didn't make any... that The concept of what was going on there didn't make sense. And then there's that weird tap where Tito... It looked like Tito was either tapping or he was moving his hand. It didn't make any sense either. But as soon as he did that, Chell switched positions, and I don't know if it was because he didn't want the fight to end that quick, or I, I, who knows, man. But it looked like whatever Tito did caused Chell to finally rotate to try and take his back. All I know is that Chell was going purple, legitimately purple. All you got to do is hold your breath. Well, he started tapping, and he didn't let his breath go, and Tito held on to it, and held on to it, and held on to it. I don't think... It's weird to me that Tito didn't get into any trouble. He got a strict talking to. Maybe Tito wasn't in on it. I have no idea. Well, but then the tap wouldn't make sense. It felt so fake. And a neck crank of How all things. How does that benefit? I mean, if, that, if that's fake. That's not even the worst neck crank that I've seen. I know. It, if it that's doesn't fake, make any sense. Why, why would they fake the fighter that's going out? Why wouldn't they build... Because Chell's going to build himself up again. He's going to do the same thing to the next fighter that comes in. Vandalay Silva is not going to be able to talk, and he's going to throw him under the bus, and he's going to say, I'm the best that ever happened. Tito was a fluke. It's ring rust. It's real. It happened. Or I gave it to, you know, or he'll joke and be like, hey, a lot of people say I gave it to Tito so he could retire on top. You know, it didn't happen in the other organization. From a so. promotion standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. No, you, you would want him going out on top above the 205 champion. And how about him no. coming in heavier than Tito? Yeah, he didn't look very good. Tito looked all, Tito looked good for his last fight. Um, I started to respect Tito towards the end because apparently Tito in real life is like a really, really good dude. Did you see the video of him helping the guy push his car? No. So apparently, some guy right after the weigh-ins, his car broke down. But it was like a, it wasn't a hoopty; like it had rims, and it was like a '57 Chevelle looking kind of nice car. Apparently, it broke down in the middle of the intersection, and uh, Tito Ortiz actually helped him push his car out of the intersection. And so there's all of the, you know, there's all of the things. It was super bizarre that he came out to the Pledge of Allegiance, and I mean, he's a bizarre dude. Apparently, that his "Make America Great Again" hat came directly from Donald Trump before the, uh, before his weigh-ins. Like the whole thing was just this odd spectacle, right? Where Tito Ortiz was weird without wanting to be, and Chel Sonnen was weird because he was kind of trying so hard after after a while. And then the whole fight was so anticlimactic, whether it was fake or not. And most likely it wasn't. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They might be but, playing 3D chess on me. I don't know. And uh, but, but the other thing is, is Chelson and also was on The Apprentice. 
and he ended up cheating to to win try and win the apprentice and he got fired immediately because he cheated and it's like all right if that dude will cheat for that much money or that for oh, that been, type of competition he's been indicted for real estate fraud yeah he's gotten pinged for uh, steroid for use ntrt I mean, I just I, think if, if, and we've heard the story of before, if I remember correctly, of Chell Sonnen and his dad. We've talked a little bit about how Chell is fake, except for you know real Chell when you hear it. Yeah. I don't think if he legitimately made that promise to his dad, no way in hell does he, does he throw that fight. The hard part is, is Chell Sonnen loses nothing by losing to Tito. He can come back, he can still. He can still talk. He can still fight Vandalay. He can still fight Rampage. He can even though Rampage is heavy as hell. But you don't want to start your ass whooping tour, your legend ass whooping tour with a loss to a legend. That doesn't that doesn't help the tour out at all. Bellator fans don't care. Sure they do. No, we're they all don't. Bellator fans. No, there's no diehard Bellator fan. No, we're no, all, I understand. All of us we watch Bellator okay. when it comes to our town. So let's put it this way: Are you going to watch the next time Shell Sonnen fights in Bellator? Yeah. Then it doesn't matter that he lost to Tito Ortiz. But it doesn't help anything. It doesn't. I feel like his loss changes nothing. And if he threw the fight, which I don't believe, deep down I don't believe he did. But when I watched it, it seemed really bad. And I think it seemed bad to a lot of people because Twitter blew up because of it. But uh, Tito looks better because he goes out on top. Chel Sonnen looks bad for a little bit because he lost. Give him, you know, six to eight months and he'll be back on, you know, he'll be back talking and the only we're thing, all going to watch his next fight. The only thing that I could see that it actually worked out is if he goes on the quote unquote ass whipping tour and then Tito comes back for one last fight and they can hype it up. I'm not saying that he's going to lose, but like they bring Tito back for one more. I hope if, if it's really like that staged. That's the only way I can really see it working. Other than that, I just think it's a weird fight for two guys that are no longer in their prime and old. I think Tito's done for real, though. Like oh, me too. That's why I don't think it's fake. I mean, he's coaching his kids. It sounds like he, he's got a girlfriend that he actually loves and isn't going to accuse him of beating her and when she's on a whole bunch of pills. like I, I hope for the best that Tito walks away and has a really good rest of his life. Thanks for the memories, Tito. I mean, he was there when, like Chell said, man, he fought in the UFC and then went back and fought collegiate wrestling, which is crazy to me. And he he was the only person I could name, him and Chuck Liddell, and more Tito than anything. I remember being a kid and seeing posters and uh, UFC video cases of Tito Ortiz and him being the only one I could recognize. If you had asked me when I first started watching with Matt Hughes and those guys when I really got into the UFC stuff in about 2008, who I knew, it would be Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes, and and Tito Ortiz. And Tito Ortiz by far the Randy highest. Couture. Right? Yeah, to a point, but even more than that, Tito Ortiz. Randy Couture, I think at that time, was when he had just stepped out to go to Affliction and all of that other weird stuff was happening. And so Tito Ortiz, if it wasn't for Tito Ortiz... There would be no Dana White because Dana White was his manager. You know what I, I mean? Dana White might have still been there because he managed other people. But if Tito Ortiz didn't have the success that he did, Dana White most likely would not have been in the places that he was. And if Dana White wasn't there to help the Fertitta brothers with the UFC, it may never have existed. And I know I, these are big, big things and big accusations. Not accusations, but big. Um, I'm trying to connect too claims. many things. Big claims, thank you. I'm trying to connect too many things, but at the same time, if there's no Tito Ortiz, if Tito Ortiz isn't as successful and as big of a name and a big of a draw as he is in 2006, 2005, 2006, the UFC could potentially not exist. Do I think MMA would still exist in some you know capacity? Absolutely. But well, I think it was already on by 2006. It was on its trajectory already because that. No, because the Fertitta brothers bought it. 2001 it started was the Forrest Griffin. Was the Forrest Griffin oh, Bonner no, fight? Oh, no, I'm thinking, then when did, 1993 was the first one? 91. 91. Okay, sorry, I, that's 90, why I was off. 90, I think it's 1993. Mm, sorry, so when I say 2003, I was a decade off. I'm talking 1993 when the first one started. So we're talking 1998, 1999. You're right, 1993 was UFC 1. Yep. Uh, November 12th. Yeah. So 1993, it What starts, city was it in? It had to be Atlantic City, New, New Jersey, This one's right? tough. It's not in... A lot closer than you think. 
to here, Denver. Yeah, I didn't know there was no whole bars in Denver. Yeah, me either. Cool. Ju- it just came up as city is McNichols Sports Arena, seventy eight hundred people. Good job, Denver. Way to go, Mile High. So sorry. So when I meant, when I said two thousand three, I meant nineteen ninety three. So in nineteen ninety six, when Dana White had bad teeth and still had hair, when he was managing Tito Ortiz. Before the Fertitta brothers had, had purchased the UFC, and he was just managing these guys. If it wasn't for Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, but, you know, Tito Ortiz, I think, was a bigger sell than Randy Couture at that time because of the look and how big he was and how mean he was. I don't, I don't think MMA and the UFC is where it is today without Tito Ortiz. And you can disagree with me, and you can, you can tell me that I'm wrong and give me five more fighters that did more for the sport than UFC than Tito Ortiz. That's great. But I, I look back at it, and I, that's, that's kind of where I started. So good for him. All of the best for him and his family and his, you know, his wrestling coaching career. I've heard of people that have run into him at, uh, run into him at his kids' sporting events, and they don't apologize. <laughs> I was gonna make the same joke. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. That was for you thought Sean. I that was for attention. Sean. That was for Sean. Um, the the guy that broadsided him in the bar and knocked him out that one time. Apparently, they're they're friends now. Um, no, but he's supposed to be a really good dude, and that's that's all I have to say about it. You have anything to say? Um, I mean, I was a little post Tito Liddell era, a little bit. Like I know. I mean, I know it was a rivalry. I watched a couple of their fights. I've definitely went back and watched them, but um, pretty much all that I know of Tito was, for the most part, was when I got back from from Mexico, the old mission, and uh, he's pretty much on losing streaks until Bader. Yeah, he after the, his second Liddell loss, things, and then of course he had his disputes with the UFC and didn't fight for a while, and his fall was his fall was pretty big. I think he had a lot of psychological issues at that time too, with his wife and a lot of other things. How do you feel about the not to, not to move along from Tito so no, quickly? No, we yes, let's please um, do. I, I don't I think that's quick at all. I think I aggrandized that a little bit. Uh, the King Mo rampage thing. Who cares? It's so stupid. Who cares? Um, I it did make me sad that I at one time in my life owned the same pants that uh, Rampage had on during that the. Uh, Altercation, not altercation, but the trash talk session that they had. King Mo's just so small. Rampage is huge. King Mo's coming off a loss in Risen, and luckily enough, it was in Risen, so very few few people saw it. They can just act like it didn't happen. But he was not supposed to lose in Risen. That was against Crow Cop, though, right? Yeah. Well, juiced up Crow Cop, who looked like a monster. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you can't really hold that against him. Well, Crow Cop's a real heavyweight, and King Mo's not. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a light heavyweight. And oh man, Krokop hasn't looked that good since probably '93, <laughs> since his pride days, man. For that dude, for how old he is and how freaking ripped he looked, that dude was a world beater. There's Case no for one going to stop. That's why him, we man. need risen. That's why yeah. we can't let the steroid industry go under. Um, but dude's no, that's, a monster. That's, that's 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 those are some of my favorite chill quotes about uh, people coming over from Pride, and when he calls out Krokop. Krokop was a world beater, supposed to be the best in the world. Left leg hospital, right leg cemetery. What happened to your legs when you came <laughs> over to the UFC? You were never good. It's way different when the ref doesn't have an earpiece in his ear. <laughs> yeah. Well, we saw the well, Mark Coleman's and uh, what was the interview, the, the documentary that we watched on Mark Kerr? What was his name? The dude that mm-hmm. was in Pride and was like, everybody in Pride was juiced to the gills. He's like, that's just how it worked over there. They basically gave it to you when you walked in. Yeah, man. The, yeah, the Smashing Machine, I think is what the documentary is called. Because that's his Ma- name. Mark Kerr, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go watch The Smashing Machine if you haven't seen it. I'm guessing most... If, if you find this pod, if you found this podcast, you either don't know a ton about MMA and or you know a ton about MMA. But if you haven't seen The Smashing Machine, you need to go watch it. It's actually... Really crazy. It is documentary. Um, it's it's very unsettling. Yeah, it's you can find it. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube in parts like one, two, three, and four. And there's actually like a recent... actually it's full. You can watch the full oh, can thing. you? Mm-hmm. Um, By th- uploader Pablo Geezer. Pablo Garza, the Geezer. old U- the old UFC fighter. Pablo Geezer. G e e z e r. <laughs> um, but no, it's kind of it's that one's super sad. 
Well, it's it's real life, right? Where even the the documentary filmmakers stop and are like, "Hey, man, we see what's happening. You, you really need, need some help." Like, we're not supposed to step in here because we're just filming a documentary, but we care about you as a person, and you need to get yourself fixed up. You can actually Google search Mark Kerr as well, and there's uh, more recent interviews with him. He's a heavyset balding man who's a car dealer, and it's like, I mean, you understand. You do what you got to do, you know, for your family and that, and there's there's no occupation that I look down on, but he's still got that glimmer of his eye. If, if he could go back and have one more fight, if he could go back and have... A hundred thousand people cheering for him one more time. You know he would he would do almost anything for it. Mm-hmm. And so you know that's the question, right? It was it worth it at the time for him to to use all of those things in order to get to that point? And it's like, well, yeah, it was. But if you, if you look at his life now, you know, was was it worth it? And would he go back? Would he rather just live a normal life his entire life, or would he want those five five you know steroid and drug filled years of of pride and? It'd be interesting to hear what he says. I was going to say, um, oh, yeah, that, I mean, I, I don't know. I was, I, I kind of went on a couple different tangents in my head where I wanted to go with that one, going back to Chell's comments two going to pride, then going to risen. I don't really know <laughs> uh, without actually formulating and they keep some, keeping something interesting. I don't know that I could go to a good place with it. So what else? <laughs> do we all, it all goes dark. It all goes dark from there. Well, no, it's not even dark. It's just like, well, without formulating like a thought pattern on it, like it would just be boring. I'm, I'm sure for people like, because I don't have fully formulated thoughts. And I was going to ask you weird questions. So Pride, risen, steroids. On. Risen, steroids, pride, chill, go. <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> thoughts. Um, let's go into the, the recently announced fights. Let's start with um, the first one. Actually, let's start with the, the, the less exciting one to me, um, which is the more exciting one, the one that just that we were supposed to have, and then they cock-teased us and didn't give it to us. Um, Anthony Johnson, D.C., um, Daniel Cormier, are you more excited for that fight now that it was postponed, or are you less excited for that fight now because it was postponed? Or did you even remember that it was postponed because DC got hurt? No, I did. I don't know if it really affects. I mean, I'm bugged that we keep losing fights. We've lost so many less, though. We, I mean, since 2015, yeah. But even still, like, I'm just, in general, I'm just really sick of losing fights. Um... But no, I, I don't. I don't know that I am more or less. I'm just really excited for it. I would. I, I think Anthony has some uh, has some some tools to beat DC, obviously, and I think he has a very good chance of beating DC right now. Um, do I think that he will? No, I do not. I think DC will will still grind it out like he does. But um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be overly surprised to see Anthony Johnson put him to sleep because he almost did the first time. Why do you think so many people think that Anthony Johnson is just going to come in and run through DC? That's one mentality that I don't understand, seeing that DC already won the first fight pretty handedly. He just had to get through the first, basically, three and a half minutes of the first round, and it was over from there. It's like watching one of those uh, like fighting games where their energy runs out. Mm-hmm. That's just what you have to wait for. But Anthony Johnson has no pacing. Like, he's balls to the wall, like, goes for it. And obviously, he'll pace himself more this time, but I don't think he knows more than... Like, if he goes five rounds, he's going to lose a fight. Like, there's not many decision fights that Anthony Johnson has won. Mm-mm. And I think, obviously, he's a title contender, one of the best fighters in the UFC. By far, other than some of the heavyweights, probably the scariest fighter in the UFC. I mean, after what he did to freaking Glover and what Glover did to Rashad. And, like, Anthony Johnson is a scary man. Even but, worse, what he did to... Uh... Gustafson. Gustafson. Oh I'm, my gosh. But he gave DC his his hardest punch, knocked him on his butt, and that was it. He took it. And most people don't take that punch. Most people don't, but I mean he could land that same punch, you know, ten other times. Spot. And I mean, even maybe that same one and he goes out or he comes any or he rushes him and, and gets him again. I don't know. Um I think D C probably and this is one of the few times that I would say this, I think D C learned more from the win than Anthony Johnson did yeah. a loss. Normally, I think the loser always has a more of an advantage because they know what they need to fix. The next time, you don't know what adjustments they're going to make as the winner. And I feel like it's like Nate Diaz. Like, Nate Diaz just came out and fought his fight. He didn't know that Conor McGregor was going to come out mm-hmm. and just incessantly destroy his leg. Um, so I feel like 
this is like the one time I think I would say this that I think DC actually learned more in that fight than than Anthony Johnson did and actually has the tools to make adjustments and make a better game plan in my opinion. I and I agree with you. There's one big reason I'm excited for this and it's because we finally have a a, a good fight and an exciting fight to watch at 205. Bader and uh what's his name? Latifi was a great fight and an exciting fight to watch. But this is actually, you know, it progresses the title finally one way or the other. And this is really the only exciting fight to make at 205. I mean, Bader, Gustafson, maybe. But for some random reason, they're not giving either of those guys, you know, high-level competition. I mean, Gustafson fought Blackowitz or whatever his name was last, and he had a terrible performance. And so... That's why I'm excited for this. We finally get to see a freaking light heavyweight fight that everyone wants to see that will progress the title in some way or another. And it's finally a 205 fight that is a crowd pleaser. So I'm trying to think if if there's anything off the top of my head that I would be more excited for. At 205? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, even if this wasn't a title fight, say that this is a number one contender fight, which it kind of technically is for whoever's going to fight John Jones when he finally gets back. But say John Jones is the champion, this is still, I think, the fight to make that's the most exciting. If John Jones was still in the UFC, like actually actively fighting, um, a, a barring that he didn't have the uh, the belt, I think this is the fight that I would want to see regardless. I agree. Yeah. I. What the hell? Um, so Gustafson, maybe, if we can get a couple more wins. Maybe I'd like to see him back in the mix, but like Gustafs and DC have not fight fought, correct? Or did they? Yeah, they did. I don't think so. I'm, I'm probably wrong because DC beat Anthony Johnson. Uh, 192. Okay. So he beat him. So Gustafson lost to DC and then he lost. Wasn't Gustafson one of the only people to get a title fight after a loss? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a lot of people complaining about that, but most people, I think, are excited about that. That one we actually talked about. Most people talked about for a very long time, and then obviously fell off the face of the earth. So we're really excited for that at, at two eleven. Um, the other one that was just announced, not two eleven, sorry, two ten. The other one that was no wait, yeah, two oh nine, two ten, two ten. Well, yeah, I'm really bummed they didn't do a a Stockton one. At two oh nine, yeah. I think they they could have sold that. I think the Diaz brothers. Speaking of which, let's get into this, and then we'll actually get into the Diaz brothers. Because I'm not saying put it in Stockton. No, no, no. Put Stockton just, themed. Yeah. Two ten in Buffalo. All right. So moving on, um, we can digress a little bit. Nate Diaz apparently is saying that the UFC has put him on the shelf. I was really confused by that quote. Didn't he? It wasn't he the one that said that he wasn't yeah. going to. So I read the article because I was confused by it too, but it was Fox Sports, so I didn't expect much out of it, so I just looked for the quotation marks. Mm-hmm. So apparently he says that the UFC put him on the, the shelf, and Dana White responded with, he told us he didn't want to fight anyone but Conor McGregor. He's got my number if he wants, if he wants to call me. And that, those were the only two quotes. And then they, they decided to write an entirely art, arbitrary article around those two quotes. So you were right. I mean, it was. Well, I just looked at it. Was, well, and that's the thing is, I just didn't want to even like deal with it. I was just like, I looked at it and I was just like, that's that's no Nate, no. I mean, that might be taken out of context, but that, I mean, I don't love Dana, and I I know everybody loves to not love Dana, but I feel like the UFC is not at fault for that one. It's the same swan song the Diaz brothers have always saying, right? Freaking. UFC doesn't like us. We're mistreated. They won't give us fights. They won't give us big money fights. No one wants to fight us because they're scared. We're the biggest draws in the, the UFC. Why don't they give us more fights? And then they don't show up to press pressers or they you know miss an open workout or something like that. And but Nate never has. No, Nate hasn't. I mean, but now, I mean, he wasn't going to show for the Conor McGregor fight unless he got what, like the same as Conor McGregor or something like that? Yeah. He made like $3 million. And so... And then to say you're not going to fight unless Conor McGregor's there, and then, yeah, like you said, to say that you're on the shelf, uh, it's the same swan song. I mean, they've sung this since the beginning of time, that they deserve the title belt, that they're the, the best boxers or the the best BJJ guys in the UFC, and da-da-da-da-da. And that's partly why people hate them, and that's partly why the other half of the people absolutely love them, because they do nothing but run their mouth always 
and win or lose, they come out to fight. And so I don't feel like they run their mouths. I feel like they ask questions and they have a skewed view of what's like what's at reality. Like, I don't think like that Ronda they're, Rousey. but I don't think they're actively running their mouth though. You know, like I don't think they're like looking to make controversy. I just, I think that they've got the world versus Stockton mentality. And whenever they're asked a question, it's, I don't, but I don't think they're actively looking for it. I don't think you'd ever be in the gym and like they would be bitching about it. I think they would just have a good time. I feel like that's exactly what they would be doing. Okay, fair. If you were to ask them about, oh man, when are you fighting next? And they're like, oh man, talk to Dana about that. But I've been trying asked, to get myself questions. a fight for so, the like, That's forever. specifically when they're asked questions. I don't think that they're going to be like watching a UFC fight and just bitching about it. Like that, that would yeah, specifically no, they'd be have to ask a question. About I can it. understand where you're coming from with that. So and what, I don't. I don't agree with their breakdown. No, but did they I, always I don't, win every fight, no matter what, even when they lose. But they don't seem like inherent complainers. Like, look at when Nick got out of the the hearing for his weed. He just answered questions, and then they were. That's actually maybe the most on point that he's ever been. But like, I don't feel like he was out there trying to cause a controversy. He's not. He's not. They're not trying to create controversy. They're just do because they have a skewed worldview, in my opinion. I and I I, I understand and I can agree with that to a a large point. Um, but the thing is, is they also back it up, right? They'll fight. They literally will fight anyone, anywhere out of anyone in the UFC that ever has with, you know, Nick supposedly getting in a fight with a freak in the, no, that was Robbie. And no, who was it? Anyway, the rumor that I heard that Nick Diaz got in a fight in the hospital with Nick Diaz and his brothers getting in a fight, throwing water bottles and, and strike monster force, bottles in the hospital, getting in a fight with Khabib and his guys out in the freaking, like they will fight anyone, anyone, anywhere. And <laughs> just, they're they're crazy dudes. So, what do you think about Sage Northcutt uh, going over to train with him? Bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His dad got busted for uh, trafficking cocaine and steroids. I don't think that the Diaz brothers are going to be much of a bad influence on him. Is that real? Yeah, you never heard about that. No, and that's why everyone's like, "There's no way this kid's not on steroids." His dad went to jail for trafficking steroids. There's no way that this kid's not on steroids. Yeah. I know that, but uh, yeah. Look up Sage Northcutt's dad when we get done with this. It's a he's got the dude's got an interesting uh, rap or track record. Um, maybe still though he's a bad influence on him. <laughs> good God fearing Christian, <laughs> regular Tim Tebow. <laughs> he might put the fear of God in the Diaz brothers, and that's the last thing they need. How does he distinguish between the two of them when he's addressing him? <laughs> Mr. Mr. Diaz, Mr. Diaz, Mr. Nate Diaz, Mr. Nick Diaz. <laughs> I would. L- I I'm so grateful for my time and your invitation that I have. I can't wait to fight on on Fight Pass. <laughs> Thank you, Fight Pass, for the opportunity. You're a nice kid, uh, dude. Sage. I love Sage Northcutt. Anyone that talks crap on Sage Northcutt for just being a nice, like, stand-up citizen, screw you guys. Go be J- John Jones fans. Um, but. Anything else? Right, let's move on to Stipe and Junior Dos Santos. JDS. It's one of these trap ones. The rematch, I called it. Man. I thought that it was going to be a, a possible um, everybody starts losing their titles. This is already one of those trap fights. This is rough. Stipe, it's his, rough for his Stipe. last loss was to Junior Dos Santos. Junior Dos Santos didn't, I mean, he looked good against Rothwell because he had a game plan and he executed. Santos hasn't looked him, he hasn't looked like Santos in a while, right? Probably since his, since his loss to Cain uh, Velasquez, which is really sad, right? Because he, he beat Mark Hunt, he lost to Cain Velasquez for the second time, beat Stipe, lost to Overham, got knocked out, and then looked decent against Rothwell. I mean, he looked really good against Rothwell, but that's Rothwell, right? Well, Rothwell always looks odd. And um, so, I mean, he was just a force to be reckoned with, and I think he still is to a point. And, well, very much so. He's definitely, you know, top three of that division. But he he just hasn't seemed his old self for a while. And Stipe, Stipe with his run and where he is mentally, may win this fight, even though I think Junior Dos Santos is a more rounded fighter. But trap fight, get into that. Why do you think so? Well, one, you can just catch anybody in the heavyweight division, especially with somebody as good at striking as JDS. I feel like in that division, anybody that would be like posed to make a like a a run, except for maybe Verdum, it's Dos Santos. It's kind of tough that it's right against it's against the champion right off the bat. Um, 
But do you think they should have waited for Kane? No, I guess he's no. fighting for Doom. No, you got like, we got to stop waiting on people, man. Like make fights. I I just I'm so sick of tie, of belts getting held up and everything. Move it along. Don't wait for them. Can't. I don't know. So just be Travis Brown. He lost to Verdum. I thought he was supposed to fight Verdum again. What happened? Did he get injured? Kane? Yeah, what happened to Kane versus Verdum too? Yeah, he got injured, right? I think so. Yeah. Weird. I mean... Because they said it, they announced it, and about the exact same time they announced it, he I'll got injured. I'll bet you $5 like that. that he's injured. Oh, no, that's what it was. He, they were going to fight, and he he said he was using marijuana to help with his back pain, and then he got pulled from the fight. That's, that's what right. it was. I forgot. That was just recently. I can't mm-hmm. believe we forgot that so quickly. Mm-hmm. All because of a freaking interview, man. And obviously, the interviewee is not his fault by any means, but like... But we never want to see you again. But we never, yeah. In the industry. I hope you get fired. Um, a, a little bit of a, a rewind on the Cormier-Gustafson fight. How did that one end up? Cormier-Gustafson. I thought, decision, right? Split. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Five-round split decision. Interesting. Um, I forgot that that was a split. Yeah. I mean, so I, that's the thing. is like Gustafson is another, another one that I think is poised to... If there's anybody in that divi- division that's poised to make a run, he could do it again. He needs to get mentally back in it, though, man. He looked bad against Jan Blakowski or whatever his name was. He looked really bad. I mean, they put him against a woman, and he said, <laughs> just kidding. Jan. I think it was another Polish fighter. Um, but that Blakowitz or whatever his name is, they he got a stiff competition quick, and he was out striking Gustafsson. Gustafson actually had to out-wrestle him in order to win that fight. So, I mean, you've got Bader. You've got Gustafson. You've got... The interesting thing is everyone... A lot of people are saying that they didn't want to put Latifi in because they didn't want him... Can't put Latifi in yet. You don't want him to have the belt for the next couple of years. And then for him to get knocked out by Bader is interesting. And then put do his best uh, wind-blown advertising sign rendition. You remember that knockout? Mm. I, you, I was no. I, I was trying to think of what you were referencing. The, you were the thinking car of dealerships with the arms going right. down with the air. Right. Yeah, that's. A, I don't know what they're called. It would be and even if I did. If I called them by their name, I'm sure no one on the podcast. Like at Mark Kerr's dealership, he is yes. in front selling cars. Like he's helping bring attention to the yeah. store. Hey that's guys, follow my arms to the dealership. Isn't there a Rick and Morty joke about those things? There's a lot of. Uh, there's a Modern Family joke about those things as well. Hmm. Uh, all right, so I'm super excited. I'm just kind of sad we have to wait so long for that fight because I March like fourth. It's That's January, February, want. March. That's all I want is March fourth. Um, what's the most moving day of the year? March fourth. Um, what was that? That's Sousa. That's uh, whatever the. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm looking it up. It's a Sousa marching band. I thought you were trying to do the Star Wars, and I was like, "No, that's May 4th." No, I understand. No, I know you do now because I'm trying to. Point. John Philip Sousa, that's who that was. Thanks, John. Mm-hmm. And his marching band, John Philip Sousa band, because of the moving and the marching. And the marching because they marched. Um, they marched forth. But no, I the Tony. Khabib fight. So excited. So excited. I feel like we have to wait a long time for a really good fight. Yep. I mean, Cerrone Masvidal will be good, but it's not like a really good fight. Masvidal's being really weird. Yeah, he's saying a lot of weird things. He said a a pretty uh, machismo thing just the other day. I mean, I guess we have home... They're both coming off of Woodley versus Thompson too. There you go. That's the next like a fight that I really want to see. But let's talk Denver. Um. So what you're saying, Masvidal is being really weird. Elaborate a little bit for me. I don't know. I just I feel like he's trying to make maybe I don't know the backstory enough, but he's just trying to make controversy where it's not there. Like I he's ducking me. And he's like, bro, I said I would fight mm. you. I don't know what like what do you want from me. He talked himself into a fight, and good for him. Because Masvidal is going to get way more credit after this fight, win or lose. Cerrone said he's never seen any of his fights, which I think is the perfect <laughs> answer. Like, 
I like Masvidal. I mean, he goes back to the bare knuckle boxing days of like freaking Data Five Thousand when they were doing backyard brawling and they filmed it. Like he goes way back to those days. But he was saying like, I've looked into his eyes. He's got the heart of a woman, the heart of a hoe. And it's like, oh man, like no, no. Like, this is just a mixture for disaster. Freaking Cerrone always says fag. Masvidal is making a whole bunch of freaking machismo comments that are just going to come off poorly for all of, you know, MMA fighters and the MMA community. Like, this one's just asking for someone to say a derogatory comment towards some group of people that that everyone in the anti-MMA community can jump on and ride for the next six months. Meryl. Yeah. Meryl Streep. I decided I'm going to write my pers- my per, uh, persuasive argument for public speaking on that. On Meryl Streep. Why she was right? Why she's wrong. <laughs> Why she's so Can wrong. you write it into a, a spoken word persuasive argument? Well, what do you mean? Uh, the spoken word. Where it's like a, a rap with no with no music. No, it's a speech. Can it's it be persuasive a persuasive speech. Can it be a spoken word Spoken word speech? is never persuasive. This is why not. I, I love education, but not school. Listen to the words that I say. Don't go to school and get grades. There's also a Parks and Rec joke about that. Everything's a slam, man. When you say it, like it's pointless. It doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's Leslie. That's, nope. That's how you should do it. Um, no. No what? No, you're I'm not, not going to do, do that? that. Oh man! But then you could film it, and and you could. Go viral on the or internet. Or I can do it the way that I want not film it. That's no, the other man. option. Do what everyone wants to see. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> we'll take a Twitter poll. Nobody will even ask, answer the question. <laughs> no That's how little interest oh, there man. is. Oh, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say. Do it. Carson has to do, give a school speech. Should he do it in, one, normal speech, two, slam poetry? And we'll see which one gets voted. Three, sob in front of the class. <laughs> Have a mental breakdown. Get into the fetal position and cry. Do that. No, but take do the poll. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Subject. All right. Oh, so funny, funny thing in our MMA community. So apparently, um, Flying Brian, who we who I enjoy more now that every time we talk about him, he listens to our podcast and comments about what we say about him, like him running for the the DNC. The Democratic National Convention and him actually, he made a comment about that. What do you mean we comment? I did, I did. I was going to say, I don't even know him that well. Flying Brian, <laughs> it's Flying Smitty. I'm the one that did this. Okay. Well, nonetheless, you he guys called... should have a, pl- a podcast. Flying High. Flying <laughs> High. Yeah, yeah, the two of us. Flying. It'd be dope. I'll listen to flying that. Flying Solo with Flying Brian and Brian. Flying Brian. High. And you guys both smoke and copious <laughs> amounts of weed. One of us. Well, he he has a beer. He has a beer YouTube. So I don't know if he'd he'd be okay. And then I'd actually have to start smoking. So so like you'd have the to idea see. is writing itself. I can't. I think help it should be right. called flying flying solo. And then there would be two of us, which would make it really really funny. That's not funny. <laughs> 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 All right. So he called this the people's main event. And some lady, Miss Cox was her name on, on, on YouTube, got on there and said, I can't believe, so more or less she said something like, I can't believe you would say this. Um, more or less called him misogynistic, told him to put it, his $100 where his mouth was, um, that it would be, a, that Pena versus Shevchenko would be a better fight. And then Niall, our, our friend from Ireland, was like, I don't even know how you would make that bet. Like, who decides which fight is actually better? Like, it's completely arbitrary of, of what fight people actually think is better. You know, if it's a, a five-round barn burner or a knockout in the first by Cerrone, like, how do you decide, you know, which one is better? So I'm anyway, so, I'm confused by the premise. What's happening? Okay. He called Cerrone versus Masvidal the main event, the people's right. main event. There was a, Cause it a is. female MMA fan that jumped on his comments and basically called him out saying that he was wrong and bet him $100 that the Shevchenko-Pena fight would be better. Okay. And so he took a picture of it and put it on his Twitter account. Yeah, she's wrong. With a hashtag trigger. I mean, you can say it's... I mean, we all like women's fights, but anytime Cerrone's in the cage, it's better than any woman fight. 
Well, and it's a it, period. Anytime Cerrone fights, it's the people's main event. And that's not any slight against any woman. Exactly. Anytime Cerrone fights, it's pretty much more ex- like you know it's going to end well. Like mm-hmm. even if it goes like the distance, like regardless, it's typically just about. Name one other more exciting fighter that you will, no matter what, whether it's on, um, whether it's on Fox Sports or whether it's on pay per view. That you, name another fighter that you for sure would tune into Matt Brown. over Cerrone. Over Cerrone, if you had, they were both on the same night. You could only watch one, and like you had to pay pay per view, and you only had fifty bucks. For some reason, they they do it on the same day. Fighters that I would fight over Cerrone. Uh, You'd watch over Cerrone. Yeah, it, I mean it's context, right? Cain Velasquez because we need to see him back. Just one fighter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Nobody. Like, Cerrone. Yeah. There's no other fighter I, that I would care about more than a Cerrone fight. I can agree. Condit in his heyday, maybe. Yeah. Um, Lawler. Uh, Lawler. Um, I'm trying to think. Like GSP before he was boring. Anderson Silva in his exciting fights. But now, like nobody. Nobody. No nope. fighter of the year. John Michael Jones. Bisbing. John Jones. Pretty much it. No, but John Jones is almost a guaranteed win for Jones. Like Cerrone, Cerrone's, but he's still going to do it impressively. Yeah, except for against OSP, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, he, it's always going to be fireworks. Well, and everyone's so pissed at Pena for just being such a jerk, both to Shevchenko and to the sport and to everyone else, saying that she's going to sit out till she gets a title fight. That this fight's Nobody for everybody else. Cares. That. Um, Holly, uh, Holly Holm wasn't a real champion because she's a Buster Douglas of MMA. It's like, like TJ Dillashaw saying he's going to sit out till he gets a title fight. I don't care. I'll watch Cody Garbrandt win it, and <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I just she Jose Aldo sitting out. I don't care, and Pena even less. Like she's not done anything. So let's talk. Let's talk about MMA fans that are right below our tier, right where we. I feel like we are our high mid tier MMA fans. We don't have to watch everything. We don't know all of the fighters. Do you feel like Shevchenko versus Pena is a sellable fight on Fox? Just I'm the excited. names. I, no, not I mean not for us, but for like someone that's like, oh, I've seen the UFC before. I know who Uriah Faber is. I know who John Jones is. Think about it like Here's this. A does Travis fight. care about it? Like that's the grade. Yeah. Would Travis care to watch it? Absolutely not. No. I, mean, I don't no. think Todd. I mean Todd would watch it because he's alone in Texas. But like, I don't think Todd would care about this fight. So, if to give you an example, these are fights of ours that when Conor McGregor fights, John Jones fights, whatever, we go over to their house and we watch fights with them. I can almost guarantee that they may watch the Cerrone fight and the Arlahosky fight and then turn it off. I I can almost guarantee. And I'm actually really excited for Shevchenko because I think she's going to do good things. Oh, I'm, I'm but, super excited for this fight, especially because I want Pena to get crushed. But I bet you ratings drop after the Cerrone fight, big time. Or views. So, Arlovsky Naganu is going to be way high. Cerrone Masvidal is going to peak, and then it's going to drop after that. I don't think that overall this card is going to do well anyways. It doesn't have any big names other than Cerrone really pushing it. Yeah. No, Arlovsky. For the, the old Affliction fans and just the, the overall fans, I think they still... Again, let's they use still Travis do. as a metric. Does he really care about Arlovsky? Yeah. I think he would he would tune in to watch Arlovsky. I mean, he's a Russian. I'm texting Travis right now. Travis asking is if, he, if he knows that Arlovsky's fighting this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to ask him, are you excited to watch Arlovsky? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what we're going to figure out. So let's let's get your picks real quick. Let's start at the bottom. Caceres versus Knight. What do you think? A lot of people are high on this Jason Knight kid, which is funny because it's Jason the kid Knight. 18-2. Um, and two. He's looked good as of late. He's a really exciting fighter. Uh, Caceres, I feel like, gets a lot of those <laughs> fights, right? As well, you're laughing at yourself as you send this. Yeah, he's going to be so confused. He, he beat Dan Hooker. Yeah, he beat, I don't know. He beat Jim <laughs> Ehlers. He's on his way up. I think Caceres beats him, but it's going to be an exciting fight. He's been an exciting fighter. Um, so let's get to the people that you actually know other than Arlovsky Naganu. Who wins? Naganu. Oh, I want him to win so bad. Uh, Arlovsky's like number five right now. What does that do for Naganu if he wins? Top ten? Top five? I'll say, oh, do 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 do. Um, so while we're looking this up, how do you think he wins? You think he knocks him out? Yeah. Um, I think it puts him right under Hunt. So seven. You he pretty much he... takes Arlovsky's spot. It's a Highlander kind of thing that's going on. 
Is that where it is? Sorry, I clicked on the wrong button. Give me the, give me a quick rundown of the top six. Um, Stipe, Verdum, Velasquez, Overeem, Dos Santos, Rothwell, Hunt, Arlovsky, Lewis, Brown, Nganu. I think he, I think he loses to anyone above Arlovsky. I think Ben Rothwell has the tools to figure him out. Even though I, I, I would like to see him win. I think Mark Hunt would beats him in a striking war, and he can't out wrestle him. I think, uh. I think Velasquez has him. I think Stipe has him. I think Overham would probably Overham might lose to him. This may be oversimplification, but he is the Anthony Johnson of that division. It's just him. Actually, him and Derek Lewis are kind of the same thing. It could be lights out at yeah any at any time. moment. Um, He's more exciting, I think, than Derek Lewis. Actually, I'm I'm higher on him than I am Derek Lewis because Derek right. Lewis gases. Well, and he looks like, in killer shape. He's like well, Czech Congo too. Well, and he seems like. I feel like it's it's he's a little early on to get thrown to the wolves, but he's the new breed of MMA where they're just going to be freak athletes coming in, especially for heavyweights. This is fast, powerful gentlemen throwing bombs accurately. It's like it's I just don't know if he's got a well-rounded skill set yet. I haven't seen enough of him he be, outside. He of beat him. a wrestler, so I think he's and Arlovsky's definitely not a wrestler. I don't think his wrestling or submission beats Rothwell. I don't think his striking beats Santos. He could beat Overeem just based on where Overeem is in his career. I don't think he beats Verdun, Velasquez, or Miocic. Now, I mean, give him two to three years, I think he's there. However, he's on the fast track. Yeah, he has to be. He's already there. He's getting thrown to Arlovsky. And from there, he's on Murderer's, Murderer's Row, the most overused uh, wording for a top five in any division, and it only should be used where I use it, and that's for light heavyweight, one, where Murderer's Row is from twelve on down to so, one. So Derek Lewis is going to fight uh, Travis Brown too, is what I think I saw. Yeah, Lewis versus Brown. That's an exciting fight. Uh, Brown left Glendale and is supposedly going over to. To be fair, Black I would House. honestly put Naganu above Derek Lewis already. Did you hear that? All uh, right, so let's move through this, and then I got one more thing to what? talk about before we end. Uh, Cerrone Masvidal, you got Cerrone. Shevchenko yep. Pena, you've got Shevchenko. Shevchenko by decision, most likely. Oh, I think she's going to put her to sleep. I don't think so. You think Pena comes out too, too hot, and Shevchenko catches her with a head I kick? I think uh, Shevchenko comes out too hot and puts her to sleep. Shevchenko is not that like mean, intense, like fireworks of a fighter. She kind of sits in the pocket and lands her kicks and punches, puts people to sleep. I mean, she. So Pena. When she has kids, they sleep sleep twelve hours a night. Puts Pena, them to sleep. Pena beat tough one tough eighteen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Anyway, Travis Brown finally left Ed, Edmonds Gym and is over training at Black House. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I'm really excited. He'll finally get his footwork back. Remember how good his footwork was when he first came into the UFC. I mean, apparently, if you just yell, move your head, move your head, but don't teach people where to move their head or their feet, it, it makes it very hard for them to actually do so. I don't know if that fight's Edmund's fault. Rousey's? I feel like no coach. Like, if, I feel like if I'm coaching, I'm not coaching her to do that. I feel like that's on her. I've thought about it a little bit. I think that's more on her. But How much can you tell someone to do in 46 seconds other than like, run? I'm not saying he didn't <laughs> Literally, other... get out of range. I'm not saying that there's other problems that he probably should have addressed, but literally the head movement, like it's not, that's not rocket science to say, move your head out of the way. Footwork? Yeah, footwork's different yeah. animal. Um, there's a lot of high level stuff there. Um, it's like a cheetah compared to a gorilla. I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Foot movement and... Uh, Handwork. I'm just joking. I just picked two random, two random animals. The cheetah would have worked out because it runs fast as hell. She should have yeah. done that. But then a gorilla. I, apparently, gorillas actually move pretty damn quick. Not as fast as a cheetah, but anyway. I hope that Travis Brown can get back to the the ways that he was when he first entered the UFC, and he was the the next potential young champion. Before he went out to freaking Edmonds Gym and lost all of his training, but he gained a partner. <laughs> she she can't take her own life until she has Travis's kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, sorry for anyone that I offended with that comment. Let's wrap it up.
I had other stuff I wanted to talk about, and I I spaced all of it. All I know is that Say, I looked at March fourth, like I I saw the promotion for the the poster, and all I did was just scan it until I came March fourth. We'll be so recording excited. in four days. Just save it. I will save it. I'll make topics, <laughs> and we'll I'll I'll give you guys all my spoken word speech on Meryl Streep yeah, at that time. But we appreciate dance. your times. Slam dance. It's coming this MMA, Sunday. Uh, slam dance. Slam uh, dance. Travis never texts me back. Uh, I'm sad. Slam because uh, it's almost eleven. He's asleep. He's got a kid. He's gonna be up in two hours taking care of that thing. That thing. <laughs> Should get Valentina Shevchenko to babysit. Put him to sleep. Yeah, put him to sleep. Kapow. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and, and share us with your friends. All right. Bye.